Welcome to How Things Connect, where we get personal and planetary. Get ready to expand your consciousness with healing insight and evolutionary wisdom. I'm your host, Stephanie Wang, and I'm so excited today to welcome as my guest, Carrie Henwood. Drawing upon more than 40 years of healing experience, Australian native Carrie Henwood is an internationally recognized intuitive healer, inspirational speaker, and teacher. She studied extensively with numerous shamans and yogis around the world and combines her knowledge of ancient teachings to support the healing process in others. In her shamanic work, she draws particularly on the spiritual healing traditions of Peru and also utilizes sound healing as an integral part of her work. Welcome, Carrie. How are you? Hi, Stephanie. Great to be here. <laughs> Great to nice. see you. Yeah. I still remember, of course, my very first ayahuasca journey was with you in Peru. And you led a group of us um, and took us down to, to South America. And not only did we experience just an extraordinary culture and you know, have amazing exchanges with the local people, but particularly with the spiritual side of things, the ayahuasca journeys that you know we we actually prepared for was was conducted with you and another ayahuascaero in mm -hmm. Sacred Valley. Sacred Valley. There we go, and that was um, very much a life changing experience for me. In Australia, how did you start your journey into healing and shamanism? Well, I'm from an interesting family, which is. Um, quite diverse. I was brought into an Irish Catholic family, which was my dad. And my mum and my grandmother were from the South Pacific. So they did medicine, as we called it, but they didn't call it shamanism in those days. And they were medicine women of their day. And it started off that way. Although, you know, my grandmother and my mother passed away when I was about 15. So I dropped the path. But I would love to acknowledge the women in my family at this moment because they gave me the base of what we call shamanically deep listening of nature. And so that's how it started. I went um, after they passed away, I went very much towards the, the Buddhist path, alternative medicine. I studied uh, Zen Shiatsu for many years in Japan, had a clinic. Um, I think it was in 1987, which was interesting because it was considered what they call the harmonic conversions around that time, which was another planetary wonderfulness that happened here. And my friend was, had uh, four-stage cancer. And she said, let's travel the world. And I'm like, good God. I mean, travel the world? I mean, you're ill. And so we, we did. <laughs> we ended up... Uh, one story to another, but we ended up in Ecuador in the rainforest and had our first drink in those days, quite large, of ayahuasca. And the Oscareros at that time said, oh, this is your calling. Your grandmother's calling you and the spirits are calling you, which is very traditional in shamanism if you are from a lineage and earth-based people. But I wasn't aware of any of this at the time you know I wasn't taught that way and so my whole ceremony was based on rekindling my ancestral uh, lineage and spirit and that I would eventually walk this path you know we're talking in the 80s and very conservative Australia too so mm -hmm. you know I was kind of like a shaman in the closet <laughs> and so my, my friend to this day is still alive after wow. ceremony Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how it started. And, you know, once one enters this path, it is, um, you know, you're not a weekend shaman, you, you, uh, it's your life, it's your journey, mm -hmm. it's your way of being. How would you explain what shamanism is to someone who's not familiar with that? Um, it's a medicine person who uses altered states of reality, and I don't mean that in the sense of actually even taking plant medicine, it's using trance states. It's using trance states by actually even just sitting in nature, deep listening, as my grandmother would say, 
and having a communication with nature not being separate from it. And I think the biggest interest about shamanism is the fact that uh, everyone should be taught that as children to interconnect mm -hmm. with nature. And I think that that is obviously why there's such a huge interest in, especially the last 20 years, last 15 years in shamanism and plant medicine, is that the Western culture has religion, but it doesn't actually have its way you know, it, it, it's spiritual culture collectively. Although we're all born here, we should, you know, be um, understanding the, the wonderful communication of nature, but we weren't taught that as children. You know, we were taught mm -hmm. either Christianity or some kind of dogma or nothing at all to believe in nothing. So a shaman is the bridge between worlds. It's a bridge between understanding your mind and your heart and your emotional body. It encompasses, it encompasses a lot of different levels. We do take the approach that if you are traumatized emotionally, which is 99.9% .9 of the population, isn't it, of the planet, mm -hmm. then we have a word that we call soul loss, that your, your spirit is lost. Now, saying, you know, Indigenous people can be lost too. Mm -hmm. You know, your humanity, your human nature is not defined necessarily because you're an Indigenous person and that you are unapproachable to the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of life emotionally. So, shamans, we use alternative medicine. You know, you can see this huge interest in microdosing now, you know, with people that are terminally ill or anxieties, depression. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about that is that shamanism have always microdosed and it's just actually come to the West now in the mm -hmm. last many years. But we always start with microdosing. We never do ceremonies where we're taking huge amounts of, of any plant. We microdose on a regular basis to allow our heart, mind and body to be aligned. Mm. Beautiful. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I'm glad we're talking about this because I think it's important for anybody who's listening is to, because right now there's such a trend, like everybody, you know, is, there are a lot of people who are into doing the ceremony work, actually going into that altered state um, in hallucin you know, with hallucinogenic plants, you know, sacred plants. And they start to, you know, perhaps mix, how do I say this? There is, there is a very big difference between doing plant ceremony work versus what shamanism is, which incorporates, like what you said, a much broader way of relating. It's relating to nature and being aware and connected with the relationship of ourselves as humans with the animal world and with the plant world and with just the natural world around us. And I think mm -hmm. it's, it's important to make that distinction instead of thinking of it as, oh, this is another way for me to have some kind of cosmic entertainment while I take some substances and you know which one can do but it, this is you know I think you would be missing a huge part of what this has to offer mm. um, and you know the way you describe it a shaman then is someone who starts to commune and be the bridge between nature and the rest of you know anyone who um, who isn't a shaman who is looking for healing and looking for getting realigned and recovering a lot of um, what was lost or fragmented in their soul. And there's a term you use called soul retrieval. Is that what that is about? Yeah, soul retrieval is hmm, to let's backtrack a little bit here mm -hmm. it's it's westerners when they come to plant medicine particularly is they're taking a psychological look mm -hmm. at themselves because something is broken mm -hmm. and so so they feel you know or an empty space or a depression or post-traumatic and all the other things addictions is another huge thing because they have lost a piece of their spirit which would be a terminology that we would use in um shamanic culture so the the medicine world was not keyed necessarily for psychological analyzing mm -hmm. it 
has it has gone that way in the West, and so be it. It is what it is. Um, the the am I answering your question? Yes, yes. Yeah. Please continue. And yeah. so, so, um, so, so lost is the part of your psychology, your ego, that is consumed by the the situation that has occurred, whether it's post-traumatic from a war or someone was raped mm -hmm. or you know, some kind of traumatizing thing that's happened. So in the field of energy, so if we move towards that at the same time, is that that takes up a lot of space in your reality. It's mm. really in your neuro pathway that's creating like a trench that goes backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, right? In shamanism, we deal, we're like really probably the experts of energy healing. Mm -hmm. So we will use energy in, or without plant medicine, we will go into the energy field of someone, feel that contraction, begin to loosen it up through the power of prayer, unification. There is, and we put a little science in here, a critical mass that takes place. If everything is aligned with you, the practitioner, the shaman, and the, the person that we're dealing with, the client, a critical mass takes place what that critical mass is, is the returning of your spirit, the returning of your soul. So let's go back again now and go, if you sat in nature, could you get that same result? Yes. But you still need a guide because one doesn't know how to approach nature. Oh, it's mm -hmm. lovely sunset and I feel wonderful. But the next day your trauma is still there, right? So you need a guide. So I think, you know, shamans would be literally the guide of many worlds and the guides of energy fields would be another way to say mm. the shamanic. We, we believe that the formless reality of this world, the etheric, the spirit, the intelligence of the elemental world is just as real as you and I talking remotely in two different countries, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, so it's just as real as having a conversation with your friend over lunch. And we do not question that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's real. It's, you know, and it's goodness. And to, to know that is to know the world in which you live, the house in which you live. So that, you know, the, the big interest towards shamanism and plant medicine is I think the Western world is realizing how fragmented it is. Mm -hmm. and it's reaching out interesting with the many ceremonies that you've led and the people you've been working with um can you share some healing stories wow my personal stories yeah i've i've been taking plant medicine for consistently 26 years um it could be it could be not just about you, but it could be you know if you want to share um, a story about what you know some of the people you've actually helped as well. Either way, it's, yeah, it's great. I yeah. can do both. I can do a very. I've had so much profound experience. <laughs> I, I believe the plant medicine absolutely, and to this day, um, has saved my life so many times, even from my own cancer, my own illness. You know, we do a thing called diate which is to sit in retreat on your own and you take a combination of different plants, which is um, prescribed by the Oscarero or the masters that you are working with. It could be something very simple too. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that is hallucinogenic. Mm -hmm. It is the spirit component that we're looking for. I remember in this diate, I was having a, a really hard time and, you know, just, I felt broken and what the plant was trying to show me is that that was my thought I had about myself that I'm broken and I can never be repaired mm -hmm. and it took me a long time to get around what it was trying to show me and I just kept feeling like I was getting sicker and sicker and I remember the plant saying when you go home go to the doctor and so I'm like doctor so I did and what the plant was showing me that I had early stage breast cancer. 
Mm. And so I caught it really early. So um, that <laughs> would I have found that when I was in home? I don't know. You know, who can answer these questions really? Right? I mean, it is what it is. I've had um, a client of mine, not ceremony, but be in just a session that came to terms with seeing certain things in his childhood his mother had passed away and the simple thing of not actually saying to her that he loved her caused him to have uh, stomach cancer and so we were in session it wasn't for me to uh, heal the cancer in any way shape or form really that's not my my mission but to at this stage allow him to have a peaceful transition mm-hmm. and to come to conclusion determining uh, to come to you know why how come this is here why did he create it and that's what how he created was the fact that you know he never said that he loved his mother so it infested inside of him this man would come every session and he would cry and cry and cry for many, many sessions. And he shrunk his own cancer based on interconnecting why it was there in the first place by not, you know, acknowledging that he loved his mother. So things like this, you know, where you, uh, you know, emotions are from the spirit world too, you know, and thoughts are from the spirit world because you can't see them. So they are in the same sphere of mm-hmm. realization right and so they're invisible but it's something that rules us and somewhat controls us you know emotions our thoughts and watching our mind and mm-hmm. you know and i think some people find it a hard stretch to believe in the spirit world but you believe in your thoughts and your feelings it's from the same reality <laughs> mm, good point so I've seen extraordinary things in my life. I mean, miracles that have happened with master shamans and, you know, things that would, I like to crash what I believe is uh, my reality. You know, what I believe is, uh, oh yeah, this is substance. This is real. This is a chair. I, you know, I've seen masters in jungle do techniques called shape-shifting and you know, black panthers stalking around uh, the maluka, the heart in the middle of ceremony, you know, extraordinary things like this that are not hallucinations. These mm-hmm. are actual things that are happening, you know. So the, the, the time for shamanism and plant medicine and where it goes, you know, there, there is concern about the abuse of it, mm-hmm. definitely with most indigenous people it's topic of conversation you know it's like a lot of people like myself are not drinking anything Mm -hmm. at all because the vibration of the planet is changing therefore the plants are and so the plants have not settled into this new frequency that we are moving moving into so we we wait because Mm -hmm. we are not the top of the totem pole here (laughs) Mm-hmm. as much as mm-hmm. as much as humans think they are right it's like we're not we're at the bottom <laughs> plants animals people that's interesting you um you brought that up about where we are frequency wise right now because i've been getting the same message and you know that it, it's not advisable necessarily to do plant medicine at this plant medicine at this moment because of the fact that the frequency hasn't settled and everything is going through this rapid change um and thank you and where so do much you stand with yourself story. you know yeah mm-hmm. and where do you stand with yourself without having to need to take anything right right Can you stand strong in your constitution of self and building constitution of of self i mean if oscar and masters and shipibo are not drinking one has to listen to that right to mm-hmm. the masters of peyote and the peyote mm-hmm. church nobody's drinking so listen to the people of the land they mm-hmm. understand this way before we do yes absolutely and that's good to know you once said uh, in another one of our conversations that it's time to understand yourself in a different way we were talking about a little bit earlier um about how 
especially in the West, but really globally, because even a lot of people in the East have kind of lost this, this awareness and understanding that we are energetic beings. And it's a scientific fact, actually, and it's, it's almost sometimes purposely ignored the way I see it. Um, we're so much more than just the material. And, you know, what, you know, for someone who is interested in doing that, how should they be approaching, you know, what, that, that exact thing? How, how, how would you suggest that they understand themselves in a different way? Well, yeah, exactly around the fact that, you know, we are more energy than we are flesh. I mean, mm -hmm. I think most religions believe in the existence of the soul. I think that's the only common ground that they have, right? So there's mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. there is the existence of even an immortal soul. I think um, Westerners definitely have, you know, we, we live totally in a materialistic world. And I don't mean that monetarily. I mean, just that third dimension, you know, this, that's you, this is me, right. thing, this thing in between. Mm -hmm. And so to, to jump that bridge, well, it's more like a gap, isn't it? <laughs> With somebody <laughs> that has not considered their energetic part of their body. I, I always suggest to start meditating mm -hmm. and create an inner reality because once you start create, you have to create an inner reality before someone can externalize it and then begin to sense nature. If you think of great masters and teachers, right? Sages and saints. And, you know, when we do dayates, we are not in a city. We mm -hmm. are actually, you know, amongst nature because that's the communication, right? If you do uh, meditation, spiritual retreats, Vipassana, all these things, they are all removed from the mainstream as it were, and then and, um, encapsulizing yourself within nature again. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, you cultivate this very powerful inner reality. When, when someone goes in first off, they actually discover something that they don't really like <laughs> because you've got to get through the layers, right? And so the more that they go, oh, you know, oh gosh, I can't stop my mind. My mind is really busy and you train them to like slow down their thoughts and, mm -hmm. you know, come into their breath and the power of the breath is, you know, that's a yes. whole other topic, mm -hmm. which is my favorite topic. And so as they begin to go into that inner reality, something, something happens. The inner reality always goes towards the vibrational uh, level of the heart. And as soon as that happens, that interconnects because people that begin to go and learn to meditate and go internally, something happens is that they start to trigger, um, you know, epiphanies, realizations, sensations, you know, their spirit body is starting to, you know, uh, live for real and begins to extend. And then what happens, they'll have, synchronistic patterns that occur in the external world you know like oh mm. wow i knew that you know uh stephanie was going to call me and i just had the thought she's just going to call me you know we all have these things that happen and when you go in they happen more and they happen more and they happen more because you are beginning to be in you know you coming from an asian culture right you go in a cyclical rhythm Mm -hmm. you start to go into the cyclical rhythm instead of going a b flat line in your mind where people just have a tendency to stay in that ego part of their mind they begin to feel rhythm and once you begin to feel that then you're interconnected to the greater whole and that's what the shift is about i must say about the pandemic for a second here how it's mm -hmm. um crisis yes but it's brought people together in separation. Yes, there's a divide. There's all sorts of different things going on here, but it's also brought people together. I'll just share something very interesting is mm -hmm. that the HeartMath Institute, you know, that mm -hmm. the HeartMath Institute, yeah. Yeah. They said um, we needed 5% of the planet to collectively 
think together or, you know, uh, collectively link into a consciousness together. Now, that doesn't mean you have to sit on a cushion oming or doing any quite bizarre spiritual techniques. It's just really in the goodness of the humanity of yourself and what you do and doing your podcasts and things is, is exactly that, right? It's bringing people that may not have a platform normally to have a voice or taking vegetables or groceries to someone who can't get out of their house. That interconnects that 5%. Well, they've quantified it just the other day to 25% of the population is in a unified field. Now, I just wanted to share this part is that in Australia where I am now, I'm looking at the South, uh, South Pacific, yeah, the Pacific Ocean, and it's just right in front of me here. The whale season has started here. And in shamanism, the whales are record keepers. They say they're the oldest. And my grandmother's uh, story is that we get a lot of information from the cosmic energy from whales. Now, the whales coming up are the biggest pods I've ever seen prior whaling. So this is a very huge and wonderful sign that nature is responding to something that's going on. Just look at the mm, pandemic wow. when we were locked in and we went outside and everything was like gorgeous and sparkly. Three mm -hmm. weeks, nature makes her presence felt. And everybody felt that even if they're not into shamanism or nature Absolutely. or anything. Like, you know, my God, I've never seen mm -hmm. the sky. So LA was like a sparkle and it's never like that. <laughs> it was all sparkly. So the whales have increased. My indigenous friends uh, emailed me the other day and they said, the plants have changed. The frequency has changed. Why? Because the sonar of the whales, one whale in the beginning of the season, a male goes into a singing contest with other males. This is, this is sign. Mm -hmm. What they didn't know they discovered this year is that whoever wins, and I guess it's the females that are the, are the judges, whoever wins, the whole entire male species in the South Pacific, including some of the Atlantic, sing that one song. Now, if you think about that, wow! Can you? I mean, is this extraordinary? If it you is. think about that potential of that energy, that sonar, and one song can be heard miles, 60, 70 miles of one whale, let alone the whole Pacific Ocean. What happens next is that the plants respond to that. And then what humans do. So this is a fantastic time upon the planet where, you know, if you did not believe in vibrational energy, you will. Mm -hmm. Just because purely the planetary configurations of things, the, the um, science and spirituality wrapping together, you know, uh, frequency machines exactly. have been years you know mm -hmm. and so you know we we are going that way there'll be new energy techniques there'll be new energy healers coming in there's information pouring down from you know where from the collective probably mm -hmm. um so it's a fan it's a hard time but it's a fantastic time you have to go through the chaos to get to the order hey yeah sometimes that's just how it has to be um wow what a what an amazing Thing that's happening with the whales and with us and with the plants and incredible that's fantastic yeah um wow and i think the key is really to stay open and to really be aware and to receive this experience you know even on a day-to-day -day basis i'm not saying you know necessarily go and find a whale i'm, I'm just saying that in this energy and frequency reverberates throughout the entire planet and if we can quiet down like you said so much is kind of taking us out of our daily grind finding that stillness and even if you can do it you cannot go anywhere but you can at least do it in your home just to come to a pause and into stillness within and to ground into your body and allow your heart to open and receive that in itself is so so powerful Absolutely. I mean, you know, plant, plant medicine and for people that are interested and that are listening to this later is, you know, it's a, it's a rectification of thinking when you take it. it mm -hmm. It's, you know, especially ayahuasca, you know, she's the mother, definitely mm -hmm. of all plants. 
and you know what plans do is <clears throat> take you fast track into your unconscious mind so the hallucinations or whatever you're seeing is the most negative thought you have about yourself yes it's looking like some kind of bizarre scene you know what's your fear what's your anxiety and that's the grace of it is that you know it brings that to the surface but it also mm -hmm. brings that how do you feel in the unified field once you let go of this separation because the separation is only what you feel and sense and lies about yourself and the energy of the planet the way it is at the moment that's the theme is the rectification of thought mm. that's the global thing really mm -hmm. it's like the rectification of thought you know we and you know the virus and all this kind of thing whether it's in the laboratory the you know all this train of thought about where it comes from it's here it's meant to be and the plus side is there is massive amounts of plus to it is as devastating as it is and i have lost friends from this virus as devastating is that is with the people that surrendered their lives to this new level because there always has to be a surrender there mm. always has to be um a part of individuals that will surrender their life collectively mm -hmm. for us to move through it's it's how we do it it's how it's always been until we realize we don't have to do it anymore so definitely the rectification of thought and people say to me oh i don't know what to do in plant medicine i said ask for permission to be there first Mm -hmm. don't just grab it and you know drink away like i mean this i think westerners have to understand ceremony they have to understand ritual they have mm -hmm. to understand deep respect and where that you walk and where you sit you know i think uh western mindset is coming from entitlement mm -hmm. and i can say that i'm 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 an inner black woman i look very white but i was not taught that way i've mm -hmm. never entitled because nature at any stage can remove us from the situation you know so you're going to just like okay here we go not that you would because collective thought creates you know drama on its earth and we don't want to get into that topic that's another topic in itself so this time period in ceremony is that i would suggest us do you have the courage to sit in ceremony and then hold that glass and maybe you get a no would you give it mm. back to the Oscarera and not drink you know that has happened to me i've gone all the way to peru mm. to go into a ceremony and a, a long ceremony for months and they've said no now in in indigenous culture no is no and yes is yes it's not filtered with some kind of hidden agenda right mm -hmm. no when they said no to me, it's not the right time. That's all. That's mm -hmm. all. So I go on a holiday somewhere else and come back when it's time. I would suggest that ask permission to enter. Is this my time? And if you get a flat no, honor it. Just, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. sit in the ceremony without taking any medicine, maybe. No, exactly. And yeah. that and that is also possible. Um, a lot of people don't realize this. They can still be in the vibration if that's allowed. Of course, it depends on the circle and the facilitator. But that oftentimes holding space is a very powerful experience without imbibing um, the plant medicine itself. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and um, and it also teaches us in a different way when we get to hold space for others, which is actually a huge, for me, a huge concept. When I first started, you know, participating in plant ceremonies journeys. Very humbling. It, yes, it is. It's very humbling. And, you know, we were talking earlier about surrender. I want to bring the surrender part into the journey itself um, and how people, you know, commune and interact and how, besides respect and asking for permission, of course, and leaving the entitlement behind, there is also, um, as I was taught, very much about surrendering into the process. So let's say that does happen, you take the medicine, you know, is, is the instruction, if there is such a thing, is always about surrendering to the fear, because whatever shows up, and a lot of times it's not pleasant, 
and mm. you know to really kind of just go okay because it is surfacing for for us to witness and it's mirroring what's in us obviously and allowing us to see what's already there in a magnified way so we can actually work with it and it can get scary actually absolutely i remember my my first one approaching eager death and <laughs> you know i know we, we chuckle now um but it you know is to continually surrender into fear is, is that what you would yeah recommend? absolutely i mean you know where there's fear there's lack of love right mm -hmm. because the story it, 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 the more fear the less love um you know the the western mind is built on control mm -hmm. it's built on control and a doing mind so we're always got to do we're always got to do we've always got to do so you know you have to dis that's a lot of dismantling to because it's inherited right mm -hmm. in a, a western culture we are doing materialistic controlling you know you have to control because why oh i have to create my own safety so i've got to control my environment so there's all that and you know any plant medicine will just rattle your cage about that as you know and you know i've <laughs> even though i have been drinking so many years now i will come to a moment when i'm just about to go into ceremony not that when i'm leading ceremony that that's another topic there too but i'm participating in it i will just have that edge of fear and anxiety mm -hmm. of what's to come and then i go well how real is that and then i say you know think about this the plant world and spirit is benevolent there is absolutely nothing in the world of spirit that would hurt anyone and that is the truth you know mm -hmm. anything that's anything that is projected into spirit is a projection of the person's mind right and so what the medicine is doing is holding you somewhat i don't want to use the word hostage but in a sense of holding you in an energy field to look you have to be very quickly moving from your mind to your heart mm -hmm. so exactly. what it is that i see is truly not me it's just something that has happened to me or a thought that I have about myself. I'm constantly saying in ceremony, I'll see things that are quite negative about, there's a lot of negative energy around self image and self at the moment anyway, you know, it's mm -hmm. like in the field last year and this year, I mean, it's really intense and I'm, I'm getting touched by it too. But then I, I sit with it and I go, this is something that is not me. Thank you for showing me. I am constantly saying thank you to the medicine. Mm -hmm. Thank you, I know this is no longer me. I no longer need to stay in that thought form. So medicine teach you to handle your mind when you're in medicine so that you can handle your mind when you're mm -hmm. not on medicine. Because mm. as you know, once you take medicine, you are always in the field of medicine, mm -hmm. even yes. if you don't drink again. The consciousness will not leave you if you are looking to rectify your life rectify your thought process and you are on the humanitarian path for helping others the medicine will not leave you it won't it will be a part of your reality so do we need the chemical reaction of course is you know gone the next day really it's water soluble but the spirit doesn't leave you why because it is that your heart is connected to this world it's connect connected to the world of spirit is connected to the elemental world and that is our true nature. Mm -hmm. So what it shows you and what you can use afterwards is that you will always be in your true nature. The sad part for me with people with ceremony, which people go into ceremony, you know, week in, week out, doubling up with all different psilocybin to DMT, to mm -hmm. combo to, you know, cocktails mm -hmm. all over the place. Why? Because they want reaction, not integration. So they just keep going for the whoa, mm -hmm. whoa! I turned into a, it's a lion. Very Western oh. mindset as well. Very yeah, Western very mindset, you know, yeah. like how much can I blow my yeah, circuit? more is better. Bigger is better. More is better, and I can get to say I did combo psilocybin and ayahuasca all on one weekend and wachuma. You know, not one of us medicine people that have lots of uh, you know ceremonies under our belt would ever do that. <laughs> 
I think no, it becomes it so own. yeah, becomes so egoic. I mean that, um, but then that always ends up sort of biting you in the bum, you know. This is where a teach exactly. This is mm -hmm. where a teacher is essential because I've seen mm -hmm. narcissism grow oh. tremendously within plant medicine. Yes, massively, because yes. you got to keep backing it up and like you know it's this. Uh, false plateau of security a false plateau of spirituality then i've made it somewhere i never think i've made it anywhere i just keep going day to time you know i don't know where am i i don't even know who i am some days and that's okay mm -hmm. i don't want a reality <laughs> who i am <laughs> so you know there's this egoic thing that mm -hmm. is coming to the medicine the plants you know will handle themselves the consciousness is fine you know i am really um saddened by the endangerment of plant medicine now here's here's a mm. new worry is that you know peyote is one a very slow growing you know it's very very slow going cactus is absolutely endangered they can barely gather enough for the church in the certain time of year that they they sit in mm -hmm. the um, native american tradition and down in uh, mexico even Wachuma is beginning to be threatened, and certainly the old vines of uh, ayahuasca mm -hmm. are very threatened. So I couldn't even imagine this world without the master plants. But it, that's, you know, yeah, no, that's that's good to bring into awareness because now it's become so trendy. And you know, um, but let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about who who are the master plants, so we can explain that to people ayahuasca is obviously one well the ma the master plant of all plants in in all indigenous culture is tobacco mm. tobacco is the the strongest of all it's the most recognized it um fuels the spirit it feeds spirit um it's it, an acknowledgement that you are giving back so tobacco and it's used in different ways. I mean, in the jungle, we drink what is called Amazon tobacco mabacho. So, you know, it's quite rigorous to say the least, it's not fun, but it purges through and it can be quite uh, hallucinating in itself, which leads me to Westerners again, is that any strong plant like that will fall into addiction, hence cigarettes in the West. Mm -hmm. If you do not pray and do things in a ceremonial way with strong plants, they will sweep you away. Hence, if you kind of, ayahuasca is not addictive. You know, these no. other plants not, don't have an addictive basis, but it's a psychological addiction in like, I need to fix more, I need to fix yes. more, so I yes. take more, you know? So it, it's kind of edging towards that thing, not the physical addiction, mm -hmm. but an emotional, psychological. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this is what is definitely going on, you know. So um, there, there are so there are so many, but I, you know, ayahuasca is just the fame, mm -hmm. famous one. There is um, uh, chitsawasi in the Amazon. There's thousands of plants. My God, there's a plant called shivawaka, which makes ayahuasca look like kindergarten. It doesn't come to the West because people would lose their noodles. Yes. <laughs> I personally have had an oh, intense experience with it. And so, um, but again, the medicines were used for the transcendence of what can I do for my community? Mm -hmm. Where do I find food? How, how do I find the right tree that's going to help my wife through her pregnancy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's all this, right? All plant medicines, you can go historically and look not just the Amazon, right through even through Europe. It's always used by horticultural societies and or hunters and gatherers for millennial, millennial to help them get through the day. Psilocybin, another one is, was used for, um, you know, again, for the, for the uh, realization of what was to come through the weather. Mm -hmm. You know they speak to the davas of the weather mm -hmm. yeah um let me think the peyote this peyote there's the cactus family um you know then we move into 
synthetics, you know, the synthetic drugs that have been around since the 60s. You know what I think? I think the 50s and the 60s have returned. <laughs> and hopefully with the spiritual awareness that we have a little more than the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. because everyone was, you know, if you alter your reality, you'll find God. So it was in the pursuit of find, finding God in the sense of locating God or something with the hippie culture and all that. And so I, it's a wave of that has returned back to uh, find God, not externally, but God within. within. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have a lot more maturity, I think, around it, you know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot more fabulous research out on people that are doing microdosing with different um, conditions, as it were, and you know, looking at the the God particle, mm-hmm. as they call it. You know, it's called the God particle. No, we're not looking for a white rich man in a in a, <laughs> a throne somewhere out floating around the universe. Is the God particle? It's like the divinity within. Mm-hmm. I must say, you know, years ago uh, in the Shipibo, I was down there in the eighties. I think this was prior to scientists actually finding the DNA chain and quantifying it, right? They'd been drawing it for millennials. They actually understood the DNA chain. So this is just an example Mm -hmm. of reaching in and understanding yourself at a cellular structure. That's what they're doing. They're they're changing things at a cellular structure all the time in the jungles and mountains and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. The Tibetan uh, way also understood the internal mechanisms from a cellular level. It's very new to the West. Mm -hmm. So the Western mindset is catching up with the indigenous. Which is really interesting and heartening. Um, What's interesting also is um, the legalization, a lot of plants that, you know, were not before were scheduled schedule one and we see that happening in psilocybin we see you know a lot of this now being really recognized um medicinally medically as in helping ptsd depression etc um but you know aside from being used on a clinical basis i think it's interest it's important to talk about um and i think each has its own place but um I feel, you know, we really lose a big part when we don't understand and interact with these very powerful plants in a ritualistic way. And this is something that most people don't understand, like what is the importance of ritual? And I would love for you to talk about that. So, you know, people have an idea. Yeah. Well, you know, linguistically, the word ritual means to make whole, to bring together. Mm. So... There's that part, right? Um, this is where, again, people are very into the substance, as it were, you know, and in, in, in the um, getting the wow experience from it. 99% of what you're taking with any plant is associated with the spirits that come with that plant and the ancestral lineage that comes with that plant. Because if you, which is evidence and proof of this, where people have similar visions that are very traditional and they won't know anything about the tradition. So what are they linking to? You know, is subliminal suggestions going on somewhere? Yes, it is from spirit. And so what is that? How how do you actually explain that? And that only happens in a ritualistic ceremony that has been set in place for millennial, that is not changed, the content has not changed. Granted, the shaman puts their own style in, you know, as I do, I put my own style in, but I will keep the ceremony as traditionally as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So um, again, it's all honoring, respecting, you know, slowing things up, the power of prayer mm-hmm. to allow people to speak to to pray why why are you here what do you have to say and as you know people especially in wachuma you know it's a talking ceremony so people are mm-hmm. telling um quite intense stories about their life 
and they're releasing because what the medicine does is gives you the ability in your neuro pathways to neutrally neutrally observe to have the courage to speak and know that that is not you ayahuasca is silent it's inward it's up to you to handle your mind the day medicines and aware or the the uh, masculine is all around speaking and like grounding that in this is all done through the art of ceremony so if consciousness precedes consciousness precedes consciousness right if ceremony has been put in place over thousands and thousands of years there is some really powerful energy there Christian churches will have ceremony and, you know, with the altar the rituals and the, yes, you know, mm -hmm. um, Jewish reason. culture, yeah. all cultures, Muslim, you know, mm -hmm. we, we, are, you know, we can go just on every, every belief system here that has ritual. Mm -hmm. Why? Because ritual uh, energetically, again, focuses the mind. There's something mm -hmm. inside of us. If we believe in past lives, um, if we believe in our consciousness exists beyond what we have now, then we know these things. Mm -hmm. And that triggers into the super consciousness, you know, into the Atman, into your soul. And it's a familiar, you know, it comes in like, oh my God, I've always felt something about this moment. And so this is what we're going through in, in shamanism too, with ritual is to trigger what was, in the beauty of what you were and if you have been here before and and you know if you think shamanically um there is a lot less indigenous people than there were mm -hmm. on the planet mm -hmm. if we if we can just you know play with the idea of incarnation reincarnation where are all those indigenous souls come i've gone have they come back yeah sure they have i have met many what we call white indians in the lakota and stuff mm -hmm. like that good friends of mine that walk the red path the red road as they call it that are white but speak lakota or they'll speak navajo and Dineen, you know and they were just natural fit to the ceremony were they in a past life one can't prove it but i would say highly likely mm -hmm. so we as uh, neo shamans I won't put myself in that category is that you know we are bridges we are maybe the incarnation why is there a big draw to Native American stuff why is there a big draw to plant medicine now many reasons but maybe one of them is the fact that a lot of shamans of old have incarnated back into the west mm -hmm. so that we can survive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that we can reach into the natural world again so that we can start ceremony unfortunately things have to become really trendy <laughs> you know for a while <laughs> before you know purity rises to the surface and the fray will move well on you know which happens yeah <laughs> i um, have hope i have hope for humanity <laughs> integration is such a big part um, of oh, wow. every ceremony and tends to get overlooked sometimes and you know it's, it's it's something you mentioned earlier but it bears a little bit further discussion is that having gone through these journeys these however long six eight hour however long journeys and the next day the group comes together or usually you know with the shaman with the facilitator and we start to share experiences and that's really sort of completing the circle and why is that important? It's important because you want to learn the difference between contraction and expansion. So what happens is that first you're making a declaration in the sense the next day and grounding what happened, mm -hmm. what you let go of. Um, in my training, we don't actually do that. We're expected to handle our own selves, but you know, we're different after 20, 30 years of drinking, you're expanded, you're expected, sorry, to handle your mind yourself. So you come together and it's this declaration of like, this was me, but this is me now. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see in people's dialogue that they had this wondrous experience that happened, right? And very heart opening. 
to keep that, um, you know, like there should be follow up on follow up on mm -hmm. follow up, in, mm -hmm. you know, and so yes. like that at one time because mm -hmm. it's really not enough for Western people because they don't understand yes. when exactly. they're going to crack and go, oh, something's wrong with me again, you know, and then jump so into true. another ceremony, right? So the integration, I, what is wrong with having one ceremony and waiting a year? <laughs> you good Nothing. or six months yeah exactly mm -hmm. because if you're the 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 ability now is for it's kind of like yoga off the mat in a sense right it's like your ability to cultivate what the plant has given you in that expanded field is your only mission after ceremony is to like stay i can stay no matter what's coming at me externally or internally the plant gives you the tool to stay neutral in mm -hmm. the expansion of the situation and fall out of the reaction field. And so this is where, you know, going from ceremony to ceremony to get a reaction, to get mm -hmm. like the wow factor is counterintuitive mm -hmm. because what's going to happen is going to make you actually more reactive when you go home. Mm -hmm. So many people after ceremonies, they already fall into, now they have to integrate and they're freaked out because it's like, I can't cope. The medicine was too strong. The blame goes upon the medicine straight away, <laughs> which is not, so, you know, oh, it's too strong. I can't handle it. I'm too sensitive. No, you're in reaction. Listen to you, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You're actually mm -hmm. in your own reaction. So to teach my, my um, mission now is to teach people the intelligence of their own light. Mm -hmm. be it on medicine or not be it with my students that have been taking medicine with me for years and years sitting in ceremony for you know 15 years or something with me is like can you stay in the expansion of what you felt at the end of the ceremony usually not the beginning because you're in a battle with your own mind and your own emotional body emptying out plant medicine has the ability to dig deep into contracted spaces Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, or dark spaces or you know negative thought or whatever that's its job it locates and machuma locates it will won't give up and it goes much longer it's 12 10 hour ceremony you know it's much much different yes. with the masculine you know mm -hmm. it seems subtle and it doesn't have that like whoa i you know i'm seeing things floating around and the sounds going on can do if it's done at night but not as confrontational you always have got a grip on yourself but it's profound in the emotional body. So, you know, people learning their life expanded self, staying expanded in a contracted situation, dual, dualistic phenomena at its best. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. For people who are you know, because there's so many people calling themselves shamans and they don't necessarily have the right training um, or enough experience. What would you say in terms of recommending if, aside from yourself, of course, how does one look for um, a good facilitator and what should one look for in terms of people or places that are offering these experiences? Well, in a any shamanic practices or particularly plant medicine we're on the topic at the moment i you know if you're going for a job it's an interview right <laughs> so why wouldn't you interview the person like i why well, wouldn't like who did mm -hmm. you train with how long how many diates have you done i mean if they say oh, i've been taking medicine three or four years sorry x nay stage right <laughs> like mm -hmm. no you know, what was the masters that you worked with? Ask questions. I think people, Westerners make these strange assumptions where if someone calls themselves something that they are a master at it, not necessarily. I mean, if we mm -hmm. think of just normal corporate life or something like that, we have really good boundaries about who we're letting in our house, you know, or, you know, who's babysitting your children, right? And so yet we go willy-nilly into the spiritual world going mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, what is your, what's their background? 
what do they have? You know, do you have referrals? Can I talk to somebody mm -hmm. that has been in your ceremony? That I think is the only thing I could suggest because they're, you know, the spiritual movement is not removed from the insanity that's on the planet at the moment. It's just, it's not, you know, we're not on a separate it's plateau. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, so there's, there's narcissism mm -hmm. in the spiritual movement. It, it was talked about. I was Absolutely. with the Dalai Lama. Yeah, I was with the Dalai Lama, fortunately, a long time ago. I mean, 1992 or something like that. And the, the topic of conversation then was around spiritual narcissism mm. and how that people were just doing workshops to be self-orientated, right? When everything in, in Tibetan traditions and stuff is very, you know, service oriented, mm -hmm. you do in shamanism too, is that I take medicine so that I'm a decent human being mm -hmm. so that I can help someone else. That's my whole premise of doing it, not to like sit and think, oh yeah, I drank three glasses and I, you know, wow, I made it through. Mm -hmm. No, it's like there, there is this, uh, narcissistic tendency that has permeated and i hate to say it through the spiritual movement it has i it's think sometimes we've created, yeah we've created mm -hmm. um and i oh you know i'm in there i'm not the narcissistic but i'm in the, the spiritual movement is that um i think we've formed our own dogma around you know we we left dogma some of us left christian thinking and all that and yet in a way we've created it in the spiritual movement making things wrong that right this right you know that way is yes. better than this way so there's all these kind of things that are going on that one you know yes interview your healthcare practitioner or you know i if i'm going to a doctor i'm looking up their credentials i want to know what they know i want to know <laughs> For sure. studies, you know and so i think that this is a healthy thing to do Mm -hmm. I think you would shock a lot of people because I don't think people are used to actually being questioned. Yes, no, that's a very good, uh, good way to do it. And to sort of round up here, how do you feel? I mean, given, given the, all of these traditions, these ancient traditions that have been passed down from obviously indigenous peoples, how or what do you think our role is now? knowing what we know and having had the privilege of actually receiving a lot of this wisdom, what would you say to people who want to give back or what, you know, um, what is it then our obligation? The, what is the reciprocity or is there, or is it simply being of service? You know, yes. I, um, if I just look at humanity and don't put us into categories of things here, you know, shamans mm -hmm. or spiritual people, I, you know, kindness and compassion go a long way. And I, I think these are, you know, very basic things and hard to understand sometimes to be compassionate in a situation where it's very confrontational. You know, there's a lot of energy going on where I have friends that we have absolutely no common ground all of a sudden because they believe in something that I had no idea they believed in. That's fine. I still have to hold a space of love. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have to go along with their belief system, but I still love them. You, I, I will not hate. And I think this is a good thing. It's like, we don't have to hate. We just have to love and have compassion for what is going on because everybody has their own way. There, there's going to be a point, and I believe, and I don't know if it'll be in my day, where there is a unification of consciousness. This has been predicted for millennials and millennials by indigenous people, you know, earth-based people are star-based people. They, they come, we come from other places, you know? And so we see the world in its nirvana and we hold that. Mm -hmm. And so for the normal person is like, can you just a normal person? <laughs> <laughs> It implies they what were abnormal. Yeah, I'm like, I can't even relate to the word personally. Sorry, normal people. <laughs> is it, you know, it's like that's really for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Can you love in opposition? Can Can mm. you love in opposition? Such an can important message. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and 
and if you do go to indigenous cultures, you know, you will find that a lot of the men in traditional cultures are very feminine. They're very feminine in their nature, you know, so they're like, they, they have the ability, and I'm saying crossing this over to men in our Western culture and women, is that using your masculine and feminine energy is a unification. Mm-hmm. There's another topic there, isn't it? We've got a lot of topics. Definitely. <laughs> and to hold that polarity and actually to embrace both polarities within you, within each of us. Absolutely. Because it's work the, with that. You know, the yeah. where in age is the feminine. Mm-hmm. It's the feminine age now. It's not about, you know, recompense. It's all about, um, you know, equality. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. It's all about equality. Equality means at every level. Yes, energetically, emotionally, physically, in the earth, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just created Nirvana on our call. Yes. Oh my God, what a great message to end on, Carrie. Wow. Thank you for just an extraordinary interview and conversation. And how does one find you if one wants to learn more about what you do? And- my website is Shamanic Grace. You can get me there. That's probably the quickest way to get mm-hmm. me or on my email, kerryhinwood mm-hmm. 108 at Gmail. Yeah. Great. I'm down in Australia for now. I will be back in the Northern Hemisphere. Heavens, I don't know when. January, Inshallah. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'll definitely put that information, you know, in the um, in the show notes. So thank been you. lovely. I'd love yes, to really enjoy it's it. been so it's been so much fun. Thank you so much again, Karen. Thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it and honored. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I would be so appreciative if you would rate the show and leave a comment. I also invite you to join our Patreon community for exclusive content and to connect more directly. Learn more at howthingsconnect.com. Take care and stay tuned.